HST number 22. We shall return to our base and lead the transport ships here. Soon this planet will be covered with full-grown gargons. A safe distance from our planet, yet their meat will be available to us for the harvesting. Repack the instruments. I shall radio back the news of our success. You're driving down a desolate highway. You turn off onto a lonely dirt road. After a long distance, you see your destination. A one-room shack. It looks old and deserted, but from it, you hear weird sounds. Something draws you closer. Do you dare open the door and step inside? Do you dare enter the haunted shack? And now your host for Haunted Shack Theater, Uncle Yaya. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to the Haunted Shack episode. Let's see, we're up to 22. <laughs> Room for one more, honey. <laughs> That's what I always say. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we got two movies coming up here from 1959. The first one is called Teenagers from Outer Space. And it's about a group of, well, they're from outer space, but they look like, you know, you and me. They don't even have pointy ears like Mr. Spock or anything. They just look like you and me anyway. They come down and they've got these things called Gorgons, which look like these gigantic lobsters. And they're going to use the planet Earth to uh, harvest their Gorgons because they eat Gorgon meat. Yeah. And then our next movie is called The Hideous Sun Demon. And it's about a scientist that gets exposed to some radiation that makes him a monster when he's exposed to the sun. Uh, he turns into a, a reptilian beast. Yeah. Then he eats rats and chases women. Oh, it's, it's just it's just horrible. Oh, we're, so anyway, but you're going to love it. It's, it's incredible. Anyway, you hear this music playing in the background, and if it sounds familiar to you, and you're fans of a movie from 1968 called Night of the Living Dead, <laughs> that little movie called Night of the Living Dead, you may have heard of that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, that music playing, the same music cues that's used in Hideous Sun Demon and Teenagers from Outer Space. So I guess that's kind of the thing that draws these two movies together. So we kind of got um, a Night of the Teenage Sun Demons show. <laughs> All right, Holy Shake Theater, episode 22. Let's start off with some flying saucers, rock and roll. Haunted jukebox, take it away.
From all walks of life come the people who support the YMCA. Here to tell you why she believes in the YMCA is the efficient secretary of a busy Southern California executive. This is Lois Wilson. I've learned that YMCA trained men in the business world always conduct themselves according to the golden rule. That's one reason I support the Y, to help ensure that our boys grow into the right kind of men. Won't you join me and help too? Hey, creep. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to the Haunted Shack Theater. They said it couldn't be done. Couldn't be done. Couldn't be done. Couldn't be done. But now at last, I've created the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> this is Count Dracula speaking. The Frankenstein monster has escaped. Don't try to hide. I'm very pleased. We're here in Washington at a special meeting. Ladies and gentlemen, the president. Hello, baby. Mr. President, what happens if the monster cannot be stopped? Problems, problems, problems all day long. Army radar has picked up the monster, heading toward Philadelphia. reporting we're now here in philadelphia where the entire u.s army is awaiting the battle of the century we spotted the monster coming this way it's frankenstein just call my name the army has opened fire on the monster but he still keeps coming hold your fire Dr. Frankenstein's chief assistant is stepping forward. He's, he's trying to speak to the monster. You don't remember me, but I remember you. The monster is attacking him. All efforts to stop Frankenstein have failed. There is only one hope left. I, Count Dracula, will speak to the monster in the only language he understands. Come prima, più di prima, camero. It's no use. Nothing can stop the monster. He's heading into the local television studio. Frankenstein is dancing on bandstand. It looks like all the monster wanted to do was dance with the teenagers. Oh, baby, that's what I like! Of course, the story you've just heard, well... Hi, this is Eddie Cochran, speaking from the station with a big sound all year round. We've done this before, so here we go again. Hey, diddle diddle, I cut you up the middle. The sweet meat is down near the bone. <laughs> Let's get on the horn. A monster's born on the Haunted Jack Theater. Haunted telephone. Yeah, let's dial up little cousin Bruno Jr., who's down there at the Starlight Drive-In movie theater down there in the morning. Let's get started on this movie. I ended up playing two records. That Frankenstein one, man, I probably lost all of them on that one. All right. I'm down here at the Starlight Drive-In Theater in El Monte. And I'm here with Eddie and Wally and Lumpy, man. And they're trying to get a baseball game going with some girls, man. <laughs> they're trying to get there first and hopefully go home, you know? <laughs> all right. So let's get to the movie, man. Teenagers from outer space. Okay, so the UFO from outer space lands, and then a dog comes running up to it. Let's listen in right now. Haunted Check Theater.
man. He just shot a dog with a ray gun and it doomed him into a skeleton, man. Whoa. Oh, I better shut up. They're about to do the preliminary scientific report. All right, let's listen to the preliminary scientific report here. Report preliminary findings. Thor reporting. 42 saturation degrees and 96 volumes. Intermediate fluctuation in Marfan content. Derek reporting. Tridex mixer components ratio exceeding 7 to 1.4. More reporting. Diagonal adjustment reading resisting structural forms by 2.8.0 vernums. Saw reporting. Uneven cartoid levels intersect planes below 0.03. So this one space cat man, his name's Derek man, and he bends down and sees the dog and pulls out the dog tag, man. Man, there's two other space guys, man. There's one guy is named Troy, man, and he is bad, man. He would he would mess you up, man, if you tried to try to fight him, man. He's he's just mad. And the other guy, Derek, he's kind of the hero, but he's kind of pussy. <laughs> I think he's kind of a pussy. Surface yeah. readings register above minimum requirements. Morrow, go below and bring up the young Gargan specimen. Now the decision depends on its reactions. Wait, Captain. I have found evidence of intelligent beings on this planet. Of what concern are foreign beings? Of none to you, Thor. Just as you were so unconcerned when you destroyed this small creature. So bravely. It was no more than an insect. But it had life. And that life you had to take to satisfy your endless hunger for killing. Silence, both of you. Proceed, bring the Gargan. That will not be necessary, Captain. Conditions here will be reported as unsatisfactory as they were on the other planets we have charted. By what authority? You will prepare for takeoff. The ship will leave this planet immediately. According to our code of operations... You may forget the code of operations, Captain. Only civilized beings could have made the inscription on this metal piece. We shall not have the thousands of Gargans brought here to destroy them. You have concern for foreign beings over our mission to locate grazing land for our Gargan herds? Recall, it is necessary as a reserve food supply for our people. Our people? We live like parts of a machine. We don't know our fathers or mothers were raised in cubicles. The sick and the old are put to death. It is the one and only way to maintain the supreme race. Have you forgotten? Our people have forgotten. They have been made to forget for centuries. But I have learned how it once was. Families, brothers and sisters, there was happiness, there was love. Of what do you speak? From where have you learned such things? I have read. I have read from this book. I discovered it and kept it hidden. Somehow it survived the flames of the Annihilators when our people were turned into mechanized slaves centuries ago. When we return to our planet, the High Court may well sentence you to torture and death for this treason. The High Court may judge me after we have accomplished our mission. We will find an uninhabited planet to which the herds of Gargans may be shipped without endangering civilized beings. Let me see that book. I am interested to see what sways your mind so heavily. You may have it. So Derek, man, he's kind of the pussy guy, man. He just hands the guy the book, man. What a pussy. I mean, they just take it from him, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's kind of a, a, a feminine, you, you hear it in his voice. Pussy. Bring up the Gargan. You were a fool, Derek. This book has poisoned your mind and you shall suffer for it. Captain, if the Gargans are shipped here, the inhabitants may destroy them. That possibility alone makes it worthwhile to locate an uninhabited planet. That book has indeed made you forget many things. We are the supreme race. We have the supreme weapons. Keep him under guard, Thor. 
I will study the reactions of the young Gargan. Man, if Troy and Derek were to get into a fight, Troy would kick his... Just kick his butt, man! Derek is a wuss! Before the High Court has you executed, you should be made to watch what happens when we return here with the Gargans. By the elements alone, they will grow to millions of times their original size in less time than it takes for the sun to rise and fall. It thrives, Captain. Already I can feel it has grown heavier. We shall return to our base and lead the transport ships here. Soon this planet will be covered with full-grown gargons. A safe distance from our planet, yet their meat will be available to us for the harvesting. Repack the instruments. I shall radio back the news of our success. Man, the gargons, man, they look just like a lobster, but that's the lobsters from space, so they would pinch your head, man. It would be scary. The gargons do, do look like just standard lobsters, and I love lobster tacos, and uh, I love lobster. Lobster's great, yeah, but I guess a one that's the size of a house would be kind of scary if, if it was pinching your head off. Because they're yeah. supposed to get really, really big. Oh! The pussy guy is escaping! The pussy guy is escaping! Derek, the pussy oh, just Derek, escaped! the pussy is escaping! He is escaping! Go for it! When the sky is light, we will begin to search for him. Captain, look at this. It flourishes. Secure the gargan by expandable leg bands. Out of sight in that cave. The size it attains by the time we return will give us an exact growth rate to expect of the herds. At the rate the gargon is expected to grow, what will prevent it from tearing loose the leg bands and escaping from the cave? We shall be back before that happens, unless it should receive food in excess of the atmospheric elements. We will leave nothing else for it to consume. Imagine thousands of beasts like that, millions of times enlarged, roaming over this planet. They will be harvested from the air, so there will be no danger to us. Let us be quick. I do not like to look upon it. Let me find Derek. You will wait until the sky is light enough to begin the search. We will leave now and return here to meet you when we bring the Gargans. Do not fail, Thor. I shall not fail. TV9, Los Angeles, your RKO General Station. Your fist that I can't resist. 
I asked her for a date She said, okay, but I can't stay out late I asked her how come as I swung my clock around Then I dragged her away without any delay We were admiring the moon and the stars up above When suddenly something gave me a shove Her mother had come in a tremendous rage I told her, shut your mouth and act your age She didn't stop her blabbing, so I gave her a sock Then I hit her on the head with a great big rock She stopped all her gabbing and went quietly to sleep It was very, very nice of her to be so sweet Protect my girl from any kind of harm And she admires my brains the way I handle my arm A mother loves me now and is very good to me I'm a caveman, madam, and that's the way I'm gonna be This is the beast in me have something special coming up. Morel meats, morel meats, a main course or a tasty snack. Morel meats, morel meats, for the sandwiches at school pack. Morel meats, fix an easy lunch at home stack. Morel meats, on white or rye, or on a bun. Morel meats, morel meats, more meat, more taste, morel. You know, it tastes really good right now. Bacon. Bacon. Bacon is like meat candy. Bacon is so good. You can even put it on a salad. On a salad. <laughs> yeah, a salad. Wow. So, get some bacon today. Eat it and think of me, Uncle Yaya. Oh. Hey, Uncle Yaya, man, have you ever had a, a popcorn, man, cooked in a bacon fat, man? Oh, oh yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the best, man. Oh, God. I, I'm eating popcorn right now, man. I got the whole tub, man. I get it by the bucket, man. But my grandma, man, she makes bacon, man, and then takes the drippings and makes popcorn, man, and it is out of this world, man. It's so good. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, little cousin Bruno Jr., you know, bacon fat, man, it is so popular right now. So many people are eating bacon fat on a daily basis, and they put it in things you wouldn't even think of. They put it in, in cupcakes and donuts, and they, they put it in coffee and cereal, and it's so good, and it's so good for you, and it doesn't have the uh, stigma that it used to have uh, where it was something that poor people, that's very high class, very high class hip people are uh, eating uh, bacon fat freely without any shame and it's a wonderful thing. Hey, let's get back to teenagers from outer space. Now, um, Derek is walking around with a dog tag. He's got a dog license from the, the dog that Troy disintegrated. Well, he t turned it into bones and the only thing that left was a dog tag and Derek picked it up and now he's on his way and he's trying to find whoever's uh, on the dog and, um, he comes walking up to a service station. I'm thinking about that bacon just sizzling. Oh, so good. Anyway, Teenagers from Outer Space, Honey Check Theater, episode 22. Can I help you, sir? Yes, I... Would... Would you tell me the meaning of the inscription on this metal piece? Sparky, 1243 Willowcrest Drive. That's just three blocks down there and a few doors up. You can't miss it. So Derek has the third dog license, and now we cut to Troy. 
She's on the road. Hop in. I'll give you a lift. Lift? Well, it's a long way into town. Okay, it's all right with me. Wait. Wait. I shall take this lift of what you speak. That, that's what I thought he was going to say. Shut up, man. The movie. I dumped him. Never saw a uniform like that before. What brings you here? I am searching for someone. Maybe I can help you. you. Know a lot of folks around these parts. I am searching for someone you could not know. All right, now we cut to this girl, and it's the girl that on the dog that got killed, and Dick has the license, the dog license, for the dog. Sparky's breakfast out 20 minutes ago, Grandpa, and it's still here. He's probably still out chasing gophers. So Derek comes walking up. Hello. You've come to see our room for rent? What's that? I found to see the room for rent, Grandpa. You show it to him, will you? Joe will be by for me in a minute. We're going swimming at Alice's, and I haven't even changed yet. Well, come on in. The chicks, man, they always like the pussy guys, man. Hey, not always the man. Uh, I'm Betty Morgan, and this is my grandfather. Now, how do you do, son? Uh, just arrived in town? Don't believe I've seen you around before. I've just arrived. And your name? Derek. Derek. The empty room belonged to my brother, Bud. He's married now and lives upstate. Your brother? You knew your brother? Did I know my brother? That's a strange question to ask. Grandpa raised us both since we were kids after Mom and Dad died. I am sorry. I. It's just that I never knew any brothers or sisters. <laughs> Your mother and father decided to play it smart and avoid a lot of squabbles around the house. Oh, Grandpa. <laughs> I never knew my mother or father. Oh. Well, let's take a look at the room, and if you like it, you're welcome to stay. It's this way. I'll show it to you. Hey, I thought you were getting ready to go swimming. No, that can wait. Right in here, Derek. I hope you like the view. There are plenty of windows. <laughs> oh, man. If it was Troy instead of Derek, Troy would be at third base, man. Right now, oh, man. God. They are not without some scratches on his face. I'll tell you uh -huh. that much. Hey, let's speak uh -huh. to Troy. Let's see what he's up to. You act like you've never seen the inside of an automobile before. What is this? The gear shift. Where have you been all your life? The gear shift. Tell me what it is for. Now look, mister, I didn't offer you a ride to give no driving lesson. Tell me! Sure, sure. I didn't mean anything. Here's the clutch. When I push it in, I change gears. Low, second, and high. And to halt the vehicle? When I want to stop, I press the brake. Right here. And this? The starter and ignition switch. And the fuel, what does it use? Are you kidding? Gasoline, of course. Here's the gas pedal right here. Hmm, it's about time I have the tank filled. So the fellow who's given Troy a lift pulls into the same service station that Derek walked up to earlier. And the same attendant walks up. Shut up! Hey, what's going on in town anyway, mister? A convention or something? What? Well, those clothes you're wearing. I talked to a guy this morning who was wearing the same kind of outfit. Maybe the guy you're looking for, huh? You spoke to him? What did he tell you? Where did he go? Hey, what's the matter with you? Hey, take your hands off me. You will tell me what he said to you. Oh, why should I? Hey, who do you think you are, anyway? Answer me, or I destroy you. Troy knocks the guy to the ground and pulls out this ray gun. He came here with a dog tag. Wanted to know about the address, and I told him how to find it. Where? Where did you send him? It was an address on Willowcrest Drive. 1243, I think. Tell me how to get there. Just drive down there about three blocks. That's, that's Willowcrest. 1243, it's only a few doors up. Then the guy who was giving Troy a ride starts to take off in his car. And Troy runs over with his ray gun and shoots him with it. And the guy just turns into a skeleton. Ow!
and it's just a movie. He, oh man. All right, so Troy just shot the guy who gave him a lift, turned him into bones, and then he shows, he shoots the attendant who was helping him out, turns that guy into bones, and then because he asked the guy how to drive a car, he just takes the bones out of the car and jumps in there, and now, oh my God. arrived, I was with some others. One of them destroyed a small creature. Later, I found that among the remains. You mean somebody killed Sparky? Oh, no, Derek, it can't be true. Why would anyone want to kill Sparky? Tell me who did it, Derek. They are gone now. Only I remained. But I don't understand. Where is Sparky? Take me to where it happened. So Derek and Mary are gonna go back to where the spaceship is, and that's where the Gorgons are in the cave. And I think they are in Banton Banton Caves. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. So I think you might be right there, little cousin Bruno uh, Jr. Yeah, I, I really do. So uh, it's very possible those Gorgons, and remember, they're growing. They're growing. They're absorbing energy, and they're just getting huge. And they're not just lobsters. They're lobsters from space, and they're getting gigantic. And so uh, let's cut back to Troy now, who's on the hunt. And he comes up to Grandpa, who's just as helpful as ever. Un unbeknownst that he's g getting his granddaughter into much peril. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, so Derek didn't come into town alone. If you're looking for him, he isn't here now. He and Betty, uh, that's my granddaughter, they went over to the Woodwards. Why don't you go on over there? No doubt they'd be glad to have you joined in the fun. Yes. How do I go there? The Woodwards are straight on down the street about three miles, just before you get to the park. Got the biggest house in the block down there. You can't miss it. Where are you fellas from, anyway? Don't believe I've seen uniforms like yours before. Hmm, military secret, eh? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Derek didn't say where he's from, either. No, let me keep you. You're probably anxious to see him. Let's get back to Derek and Betty. It's, it's Betty, Cousin Brujo Jr. Yeah, I know. It's Betty. Yeah, Mom. That's it, what I said, Mom. It, no, no, you called her Mary. Mom You did. No. Well, roll back the tape, I man. Did, I did not, I'll play man. It. Go listen to the show when it goes up. No, you listen to it. Forget it. You listen no, to the show. No, you called her Betty. Well, anyway, he takes her to the bones of Sparky. Let's cut to that scene, okay? Where is he, Derek? You don't mean those old bones. You can see they've been here for a very long time. No. It was among these remains that I found the metal inscription. This couldn't be Sparky. I know. He must have been here and his collar tag fell off. That's all. You are not familiar with the focusing disintegrator ray? The what? It projects an isolated beam which separates the molecules of living material in chain reaction. All but the solids, the skeletal braces. Horrible. And you mean Sparky? But... Over there is what happened when the same beam was aimed at me. It missed, and that is what is left. Good heavens, Derek. You've got to explain it to me. Why were they doing this? Where were they from? How did you... We... Betty, tell me. What is the most advanced form of transportation that you know? What do you mean? What's that got to do with it? Please, tell me, Betty. Well, airplane. Jet airplanes, I guess. Why? And where do they go? From where to where? To anywhere in the world. 
And that's all? Where else is there to go? I should not have brought you here. Betty, when you learn where I'm from, well, you may not understand, but I hope it will not make any difference between us, because... I don't care where you're from. I don't understand all this, but somehow I feel that I've always known you. That we've never been apart. I... Man, 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 right now, you should just kiss her, man, or, or, or do something, man. Grab her boob, do something. Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't grab your boob right now. Well, I better than nothing, man. I would not grab her boob right now. I'd better kiss her. Oh, at least I would try, man. Better than you. Oh, yeah, you oh, wouldn't man. know what to do with a boob, buddy. You wouldn't even know. You know, the last time you were in a vagina was the day you were born, all right? So let's get back to the movie. Oh, man. Oh, dude, you're right. He is pussy. He's walking away from this. <laughs> I told you, man. Come, let us be on our way. But now Troy is gonna come up to this hot bombshell man and swimming in the pool. <laughs> well, hello. What can I do for you? You are alone? Could be. Where are the others? The ones who are with you? Why do you want to know that? Tell me where they are. Say, who are you anyway? Never mind. Just tell me. Well, they left here. They're gone. Where did they go? I think you better get out of here before I call the police. You will call no one. You will do as I say. That's what you think, mister. Oh, no! Troy pulls out the legal and shoots her! Oh. I said you will call no one. Oh, my God! He turned her into a bunch of bones in the so Betty takes Derek down to the university to find the science professor and have a talk. Hello. Where can we find Professor Simpson? This is his office, but he hasn't come in yet. Well, let's wait for him at the faculty parking lot. It's just around the building. You may wait here if you like. No, thank you. We'll wait outside. So as soon as they go walk out the door, Professor Simpson comes walking right in. They just miss each other. Good morning, Hilda. Oh, good morning, Professor Simpson. Have the aptitude questionnaires come in? They're probably still in mimeographing. I'll go down and see if they're ready. And now Troy shows up at the university while the tension is amazing. Uh, that's Professor Simpson's office, the third door down. Uh, he's head of the science department. Now we go back to Derek and Betty in the parking lot. Well, that looks like Professor Simpson's car right there. He must be somewhere else on campus. We'd better go back to his office and wait. Now Troy comes into Simpson's office. Hello? This is Simpson, science department. I put that down. What is the meaning of this? Do as I say. Who are you? Where is he? The one who came with information for you. Who? You are making some mistake. I am making no mistake. Where did he go? Out there? I don't know what you're talking about. You will speak to no one else. Oh, my God, Troy is shooting him with a focus in the synagogue of Legon. Turn to birds, man. Ah. Oh, man, here they come ah. back. Oh. oh, Derek. Oh, it's some kind of foolish joke. I'm not going to keep a job where this sort of thing goes on. I want to believe what I'm thinking isn't true, but... It was a focusing disintegrator. Then whoever killed Sparky... But you said they'd gone. For some reason, they want to stop me. Somehow we were traced here. I want you to get in your vehicle and go to a place where you will be safe. But how could they... Grandpa. I left a note for Grandpa. They must have... Oh, Derek. I will go to your place. No, they may be waiting for you there. I can call Grandpa. Hello? Oh, Grandpa, thank heaven. Derek, he's all right. Betty, what is it, child? What's the matter? Grandpa, was somebody there? Somebody you told we were at the college? Oh, yes, a friend of Derek's. 
Did he find you okay? He's a murderer. He killed Professor Simpson, Grandpa. He's after Derek, and he's probably on the way back to the house right now. Murderer? But are the police... Don't argue, Grandpa. Just get out of there. We're going to the City Hall Police Station right now. Meet us there. Alright, so well, we're gonna stop teenagers from outer space right now. Oh, come I'm, on, man. Sorry, hey. Oh, man, it's just getting started, man. You know the rules, man. I can't play the whole movie. We made the movie then, okay? Alright, let's... Talk about that, man. Okay, let's start talking about some of the people behind the scenes in this film. Let's see. David Love, he plays uh, Derek. And uh, that, that's the lead. Uh, this is our star. And Dan Bender plays Betty. Uh, Brian Grant plays Thor, man. You've been calling him Troy. No, I haven't. Hey, man. Say the man. played by a guy, Harvey B. Dunn. And Harvey B. Dunn, he was in Ed Wood's Ride of the Monster and Night of the Ghouls. Ha <laughs> ha! Ride of the Monster from 1955 and Night of the Ghouls from 1959. Yeah! This uh, was written and directed by uh, a guy named Tom Gareth. 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 Why don't you learn to read? I don't know, man. How do you spell a name like that, man? How do you say it, man, when it's spelled like that, man? That's weird, man. Yeah, well, well we got to wrap this up uh, because we got to get this hideous sun demon here. we got to run it so far out of time. We are so far behind schedule here on Haunted Check Theater, episode 22, because everything's happening so fast. Yeah. It's YMCA week. Here to salute the YMCA is a Southern California TV commercial cartoonist. This is Milt Schaefer. Through personal experience, I know the YMCA is a living, vital part of America as we know it and want it. Only in this country could it have continued to operate as it has through the years, building American boys into Christian men. Only through us will it continue to operate in the future. Hey, creep. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Haunted Shack Theater. out of grade school at six, high school at eight, college at ten and a half, and after three years pre-med, I was the head doctor of brain surgery. Tighten the gauze Wait for applause While my patients laughed Hysterically Obviously They were in stitches over me I was a teenage brain surgeon A teenage brain Surgeon, a knocked out fractured brain surgeon, the sharpest operator in town. While the other kids were digging, Dick Clark from coast to coast. I was a digging doctor killed there, like man, you know the most. Even when I was in grade school, I had that medical look. I never got past the appendix Whenever I opened a book Scalpel Forceps Suture Anesthetic Whenever I went out dancing to make my night complete, I brought along my stethoscope. Man, you hear the wildest beat. 
One night the band was playing I've got you under my skin I scared a fella half to death When I said, may I cut in? I was a teenage brain surgeon A teenage brain surgeon A rock and rolling brain surgeon The sharpest operator in time TV9, Los Angeles, your RKO General Station Hi, this is Art Linkletter inviting you to join me and some of the entertainment industry's top stars at Y Day in Hollywood, Saturday, October 25th. Contact your YMCA now for reservations. You don't realize what happens to a man of my background and character to be invited to speak at a stag dinner where I know I'm going to be preceded by George Burns and George Jessel. I come from a type of show business where clean living Good thinking. Most of the audience is born in wedlock. <laughs> and to get into the mood to come here to talk to you in the vein, which I know you enjoy, requires at least three or four days of Jekyll and Hyde type preparation. Starting last Sunday with a complete rereading of George Jessel's book. <laughs> then on Monday, down at CBS Television City, going into the men's room and writing dirty words on the wall. <laughs> on Tuesday, I knew I was getting into the mood when my children came down to breakfast. I called them all little sons of bitches. To say. <laughs> this morning, when... Purely ad-lib, I phoned my mother-in-law in San Diego and told her to go fuck herself.
just taking over the show now. Okay. Alright, so here we go. Let's listen to Hideous Sunday. Immediately after the launching of U.S. satellites number one and number three into outer space, newspaper headlines across the country told the world of a new radiation hazard from the sun, far more deadly than cosmic rays. An obscure scientist, my colleague, Dr. Gilbert McKenna, had already discovered this danger from the sun. This is his story. They're bringing him in now. The radiation? Yes. Oh, I don't know if I like that. Oh, I was just going back. This guy's been soaked with radiation. I better call Dr. Stern. All right, so a movie opens up in a hospital where a scientist has been exposed to a new type of radioactive isotope. And that scientist is played by a guy named Robert Clark. And Robert Clark is the director the writer, the producer, and, like I said, the star of this movie, The Hideous Sun Demon. Wow, Robert Clark. Yeah, man, and he was also in uh, The Man from Planet X from 1951 and The Astounding Shoemaster from 1957, man. We did that one on uh, uh, How to Check Theater, man, with Robot Monster, man. We did. You remember? We did. You remember, man? Oh, yeah, man. man. I said that the same driver, man. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, if you say so. No, not if I say so, man. Go back, listen to the tape, man. You did a show, man. All right, you're out of your mind, you little punk ass. Let's get back to a uh, hideous sun demon. So, here we go. How are you feeling, Dr. McKenna? Ms. Wells, until a moment ago, I felt strong enough to shake down the very walls of this hospital. But uh, as soon as you entered the room, <laughs> your beauty so overwhelmed me that I feel as weak as a day-old kitten. Time for cocktails? Oh, I asked you a serious question. I'd like a serious answer. All right. Feel very well, thank you. But I am getting a little tired of being treated like a specimen under a microscope. The whole hospital staff standing around waiting for me to develop some new symptom. You'll be able to go home in a couple of days. Good. Right now, we're going to take you out for an airing. Oh, fine. Mm-hmm. Up to the solarium roof where you'll get plenty of sun. Good, let's go. Oh, not so fast. We'd like in a wheelchair. A wheelchair. That's right. That's doctor's orders. And now we cut to a nurse, and she takes the guy out to the roof so he can get some sun. I'll be back for you in about 45 minutes. All right. Pardon me, young man. Is there perchance a magazine on the table called Sickness and Help? Uh, let's see. I hope you won't think me rude if I don't talk to you for a while. I'm anxious to get at my article. Here it is. So as he sits in the sun, a startling metamorphosis occurs. <laughs> Young man, I hate to bother you again, but... slides which may help you to understand what's happened to Dr. McKenna. Or Dr. McKenna, could you get that blind for me, please? Recently, some biochemists conducted a series of experiments on insects to see what effect certain forms of radiation have on living cells. I want to show you a red ant which had been exposed to intense amounts of x-ray. Well, now that red ant looks like a tarantula, man. This is a common house fly after exposure to gamma rays. Oh, it looks like a grasshopper. This one used to be a grasshopper. Oh, it looks like a fly. Well, I guess you get the idea. Hey, Dr. Bacall, could you get that blind for me, please? Not very good, I'm afraid. The radiation from that isotope caused a peculiar and subtle change in the cells of Dr. McKenna's body. Just as other radiation had done to the cells in the bodies of those insects, his whole appearance has changed into something scaly, almost lizard-like. 
But, Doctor, there was no hint of anything like this at first. No. A catalyst was needed to complete the reaction. The catalyst is sunlight. Sunlight? That's what happened the other afternoon. He was sitting in the sun when gradually the cells in his body reacted, and you know the rest. Now we cut to the doctor, man, and he is in dumps, man. Down, man. Down low. Darwin never even scratched the surface. How could he? Evolution backwards to the age of the reptile. Half human. Half lizard. And I'm the guinea pig to be locked up alone. Okay, so we're gonna have to wrap up the hideous scene. Yeah. No, I know we, we really ripped off this movie bad. Yeah, we barely started, man. Because we only gave it about ten minutes. That's true, man. I know, and it's good. But uh, here comes some of some great Night of, Night of Living Dead music again. Oh, he's a monster. Let's listen. Welcome to our dancing studios. Now the first dance we are going to learn today, students, is the ever-popular mash. Now then, put your right foot out and twist it around as though you were putting on a cigarette. There, that's right. What's that, ma'am? You say you don't smoke cigarettes? Oh, well then why don't you practice a cigar? May I help you, son? You say you want to learn to do the Twizzy Rooney dance? All right, son. It appears as though you've been doing the mash from the looks of those squash tails. The first thing you have to learn, son, is to keep out of the way of the other dancers. They're dangerous, son. Yes, that's right, boy. This dance was originated in Baltimore. in a position to do a double time twisting motion with every part of your body except the tongue, which is doing the holly golly. Remember now, in practicing the dances we have set forth here, may we suggest that they are very dangerous. And no one should really attempt these dances unless they are fully covered by blue cross. Keep your feet moving at all times. And remember our dancing studios will be very happy to help you. Don't forget our teenage sessions. We are open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Los Angeles, your RKO General Station.